Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. Hi. Glad to be here. Yes, we're really excited to have you. I have Robert Elliott with me today, and he works for the Veterans Farm. He's executive director, rather, of the Veterans Farm of North Carolina. And do you want to tell us a little bit about your organization? What do you all do? And you work with veterans, but tell me a little more. So our organization focuses on three main um, pieces to the veteran and ag puzzle. Uh, to try to give North Carolina veterans a, a hand with starting a farm or expanding them. Um, first and foremost, we we focus on training, and most of our training is a is based on the primary models that you would see on a farm uh, of just about any small scale. So we work on 53 acres where we have cattle, uh, sheep. Um, horticulture, mushrooms, uh, vegetables, field crop, pasture management, soil. And um, we've even got fruit like uh, grapevines and and blackberries and blueberries. But um, the students get a chance to come out and learn the science behind everything, as well as get their hands on everything and start to work uh, in the various production models we have here on the farm. Uh, the second part of our of our mission is to assist veterans with equipment they may need in North Carolina. So we maintain uh, quite a lot of farm equipment that they can come check out and take back to their operation and use it. Um, because sometimes this equipment is expensive, and a beginning yes. farmer can't afford a piece of equipment. So all, all, uh, tra- yes, always expensive yeah. has been my yeah. experience. Yep. So, so, so is it like a library, like the equipment checkout? Is that what it kind of is? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a library of equipment that we check out to veterans cool. uh, and, and their families, and then they can bring it back. And then, lastly, we we really work with the network of farmer veterans in North Carolina because here in the state we have got a very healthy group of veterans that are farming now. So a lot of that that expertise and knowledge from over 700 veterans that are actively farming here in North Carolina. We try to network with them with beginning farmers and that helps with, uh, you know, the economics behind it and marketing and stuff like that and learning, learning specialty things. Yeah. So it's kind of like a mentorship program. Is that what I'm hearing you say? We can connect with connect beginning farmers with existing farmers that are doing similar things or the same thing that the beginning farmer wants to learn. I think that's great because uh, farmers learn so well from other farmers. And when you're beginning, just to have somebody that you can go to with all those pressing questions, uh, right. it's really valuable. So tell me about um, you received a grant. Tell me yes. about your project and wh- why was it needed? So our, our project is called the Veterans Agricultural Training and Education Program. Uh, we call it VATEP for short. Um, but it's a six-month program designed to take a beginning farmer or someone that has no experience whatsoever and expose them to all of the facets of ag that you would find on a farm, like I was mentioning earlier. Um, 
and we take them through the production models and teach them the soil science behind how to how to work with soil and what's needed to have healthy soil for you to be able to produce whatever it is you want. Um, but we we walk them through all of that, and then we add a few other things like carpentry training, um, plumbing, electrical, mechanical training. And we help them develop their business plan and put them in front of farm credit lenders um, so that they can go after funding that they're going to need. Most of the materials that they get through VATEP are coming from farm answers. As a matter of fact, we had written. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we had written that into the grant. So, you know, we we go into farm answers and pull a lot of the stuff that where it comes from um, that and. uh, Let's see, farm answers, and there's another one that we use, as well as other normal channels of of um, materials like YouTube and stuff like that. Sure. So you're not necessarily recreating the wheel with all of your training. You're trying to find right. some of the really good materials that are out there that might even be free, and then um, yes. yeah, you utilize those. That's wonderful. Good yep. ideas. Yeah. So- how many people have attended um, your courses? So we got a very late start rolling with this grant period because COVID hit. Yes, um, this has been a very, know, that everybody has brought up, almost everybody has brought up COVID. So yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, this was a really, really rough start for the grant program itself. So um, a lot of the materials that we used that we've developed and and extracted from farm answers and uh i think it's beginningfarmer.com or org or um any of the other places that we get some of these materials from we've utilized them heavily with other classes that we teach out here as well as the vatep course uh to date i think let's see we've got our our grant doesn't end this year it ends next year i believe because we got a, a uh, an extension due to covid So um, as of right now, we've had participants that have been impacted directly from the grant somewhere around the neighborhood of about 30 or 40. Um, And we've got a class going now, a VATEP course going now with uh, four participants in it. And total VATEP participants so far, probably around 10 to 15. I'd have to go back and check. No, that's real good. I mean, it's it's hard to get with everything that's happened. It's been hard to get people into in-person trainings. And then if you do have farmers, it's hard to get them period off the farm or if they're working an off farm job to find the time in addition to, you know, farming and off farm work and then to go to training. It sounds like um, it sounds like you're doing a really good job um, despite hurdles. We're doing our best for sure. So. Do you have a story of a farmer that um, that's been really impacted or that's been able to start farming or improve their operation as a result of uh, your project or a beta? We've got a few uh, success stories so far, but at the at the present time, you know, folks, the way it works with us is we recruit from the Fort Bragg area here in, in North Carolina. Um, and most of these folks that are coming through the program are still in the military with plans on moving home. So by the time they get out of the program, they still have, you know, some some hurdles to jump through. 
uh, and get there. So we don't have anyone actively farming as a direct result of VATEP yet. But we have we have a lot of stories of um, participants that have come in the course. What we normally see is somebody has a preconceived notion of what it is they really want to do. And then when they attend our course and they see the marketing behind it and see the economics behind it and accounting and just the way things are in ag, they completely change their plan to producing something completely different. Um, like we do a heavy focus on horticulture here. And um, because horticulture is one of the things that we don't see a lot of veterans getting into. Most of them, when they come out of the military or they're starting up a farm as a veteran, they want to go into livestock because it's, um, you know, it's fun to work with. It's cute animals all the time, that kind of stuff. You get and, to be a cowboy. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, get to you rope get to and ride, do all those things, yep. right? Yeah. But the problem is that we have seen through the past eight, nine years we've been in existence is that a lot of a lot of beginning farmers uh, and especially veterans, they start out with, I want to do this instead of actually looking to see if they have a market that's going to support them doing that thing. And that's a beginning farmer problem across the board, whether they're veteran or civilian. Absolutely. If you make it, they may not buy it. That's right. If you yeah. make it. They may not buy it. And I have done tons of consults with farmer veterans and uh, farmers in general where they're like, okay, I grew this product. Now what? And it's like, well, you kind of missed the power curve early on in this, in this thing. So um, when we go through the course and we analyze what it's going to take to take your livestock operation you want to do, and get to where it's actually making money. It's a big time frame from start to making money. And there's a lot of considerations that have to be made, like um, raising sheep, for example, for lamb um, and lamb meat. You know, one of our one of our people in the network here in North Carolina is one of the best sheep farmers and has been doing it for 40 years here in North Carolina. And he'll, he, he attests that you've got to have 25 minimum sheep to be able to start even seeing money come back to your operation. So somebody with a five sheep herd is not going to make money. And that's what we try to get into the class and break down the numbers and show folks that, you know, your idea sounds great and everything seems like it's going to work really well for you, but you haven't considered all these things that farmers know. And that's what makes us unique here at the farm. Everybody that, that, that um, teaches or has any kind of input into the classes, we're all veterans and we're all farmers from previous operations we've had as well. So we've been through a lot of those trials and learned a lot of the hard lessons learned. We try to cut that off at the path at the pass here when a student comes into our class to say, hey, look, these are the things that you're really going to need to consider. And if you don't, these are the problems you're going to have. So it results in students wanting to have a change in a total change in plan or a partial change in plan. And, you know, they may have been completely adamant about becoming a, a cattle farmer. And now they're looking at nursery or um, greenhouse crops because they're going to be easier to manage, you know. And probably more of a market or a market right away, like you're saying, and less startup costs, perhaps, too. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, that's it's um it's a very interesting model that you have. I sometimes tell farmers like it's not field of dreams, right? It's not right. if you build it, they will come. If you make, you know, like we said earlier, if you grow it, they may not buy it. You really got to put um, pencil to the paper, right? And make sure it cash flows. But also that that market piece is so critical. And I don't oh, yeah. know, do you guys have capacity constraints too in North Carolina in terms of meat processing? Uh, we have an, we have the exemption for on-farm poultry processing uh, for for chickens and ducks and turkeys and stuff like that, where a farmer can use um, rented equipment and do 1,000 birds, but they have to own the equipment to do 20,000 birds. So, you know, for any small-scale operation, 20,000 birds is a, a very significant number. Um so that most most small scale producers are not going to um, reach that kind of capacity. As far as any kind of four legged animals, if it's got four legs in North Carolina, it has to go to a, a state or federal inspected facility to be processed. So there's no there's no real constraints on on that, um, except for what the processor may be experiencing and backups and delays. So. No, that makes sense. But all these different pieces, right, can make oh, what seems to be a well thought out plan perhaps more difficult to implement. Right. Um, you know, you shared that COVID kind of changed things a bit and you guys had to make some changes perhaps to the program. Have you had any other like surprises or unexpected results? So COVID actually caused some job losses for some subcontractors that we had. And, you know, when we crafted the grant proposal, um, everything looked good. Then we got awarded and COVID hit. And um, there was a big backup from, from NIFA getting funding out to the organizations for that year because they had moved from DC to Kansas City. Uh, so there was a delay starting to begin with, and then we got hit with COVID. Um, and with some of the subcontractors losing their positions and realignment due to COVID within specific organizations and universities, uh, we were having to switch over who the actual subcontractors were, but still keep the same education component that the subcontractors were to deliver. So it turned into a gigantic mess trying to find the right people to deliver that content that we had as subcontractors. And then once we got that all figured out, now we're, we're, we're good to go and rolling pretty well. Um, because what we did was with this grant, we added a, an agricultural safety and health component to it um, for the beginning of the course where nobody is allowed on the farm or to start working with any of the stuff that we have out here until they've completed the ag safety and health portion. And a big part of that was doing um, suicide prevention because we're talking about two demographics, the veteran and the farmer demographic. And veterans already have a high suicide statistic. They're going into an occupation that has a high suicide statistic. So what we want to make sure of is that Anybody attending our course understands that you're not, it's not going to be all roses when you get to the farm. You have got to understand that any little thing that you could ever encounter in any kind of business is going to be a threat to your business in farming. 
period, whether it's weather or it's fertilizer changes due to COVID shipping problems and the amount of money you're going to have to pay for fertilizers or seed or chickens or chicken feed, like that's the newest there's con- thing. There's constant setbacks and you don't have a ton yeah. of control. There's some things you can control in farming. You know, you can choose what yeah. you're going to plant, hopefully, but you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of setbacks and that to be mentally prepared for that, that's really smart. That's good right. risk mitigation. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to add the mental health portion to it as well as the agricultural safety portion to it for like tractor rollover uh, being the number one cause of, of injury and death for tractor uh, accidents or PTO shafts where somebody gets caught in a PTO shaft yep. kind of thing. That's the one I think those, of. Yeah, those sorts of things. That's the one that's in everybody's brain, I think. But, um, you know, we, we got those subcontractors squared away. And another thing about some of our students, some of them come into the program And we're totally fine with this because we want them to get that realization now. Some folks come into the program and they attend the program and they figure out pretty quick, you know what? I don't think I want to be a farmer. This isn't for me. You really have to love it. You really have to want to have it like as a lifestyle because there's a very good chance you're not going to get rich doing it. And there's a very good chance you're going to work a lot, right? Yes. So you got to love what you're doing. Absolutely. And it's not for everyone. And that's that's okay. There's other parts of the, you know, food and egg supply chain that you can be a part of. Right. Because statistics show us so far that you know, the majority of farmer operations are shut down in the first five years. Um, and that's, that leads to divorces a lot of the time because there's always a spouse working off farm to subsidize the farm and operation. And we don't want, we have a student in class right now who is, you know, having issues, spousal issues because, the plan didn't pan out the way she thought it would. She had already started farming, but you know, the money isn't coming in and you know, I'm, I'm having these problems and I I thought I was going to be able to get help with this. And now my husband's mad at me and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, okay, let's stop. And let's, let's stop the bleeding first and let's realign. What is it that you can do that you want to do and that we can find a market for and let's look at those three things and then start to develop a plan that's going to actually pay off because, you know, the husband's tired of throwing money in a burning barrel and trying to keep a farm. Yeah. So we, we do a lot of that kind of work to, to try to get people on the right path to begin with and get them away from the, I'm going to start a farm and it's going to be perfect kind of mode of thinking, you know, yeah, I mean, people, ahead, well, I was just going to say people kind of have a starry eyed view. Like I grew, grew up on a farm, so yeah. kind of know some of the realities of it. Right. Not to say I know better than other people, but it is interesting when I talk to people not familiar with farming, just, you know, the starry eyed vision and how nice that must be. And it's really picturesque. And right. at, at times, yes. And it's like you're saying, it's incredibly challenging, too. And the stress, yes, your your spouse really does have to support you. That's something my, my dad has passed away, but it's one of the things I remember that he said towards the end of his life, whatever you do, your spouse has got to support you. And he's like, that's, you know, why I was able to farm because, you know, your mom really supported me. It's critical. It's, everybody right. has to kind of be on board. It's a lifestyle. It is. 
It really is. And, you know, we encourage spouses to come to the courses uh, specifically on days that they may have interest in a specific topic um, because we try to we try to make sure everybody understands fam- farming is a family sport. It's not just, you know, you against everything else. And we also try to identify with every student that we get, what are you good at and what are you not good at? And let's not try to do the things you're not good at. Let's let's outsource some of that stuff. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I might use that farming as a family sport when I teach. Yeah. I, I teach in the wintertime some um, farm business classes. I may steal that from you. That's really good. Farming is Enjoy. a family sport. Thank you. Enjoy. So if I'm a beginning farmer, um, how do I engage with your program? So um, folks can contact us from the website, Facebook. Uh, they find us through skill bridge programs that are, that's a military um, program for folks getting out of the military. Uh, it's lists of programs that they can involve themselves in. And, uh, you know, word of mouth has probably been one of the biggest things that we've used here on this operation. Uh, so folks just contact us and then we try to get them signed up. We take them through a screening process to see if they're going to be a good fit for farming or if, you know, they've got some kind of um, some kind of of setup like land or whatever that they can start with. And if not, that's OK. We find ways for them to start looking at that and getting into whatever they're going to need. But, um, yeah, pretty much it's it's word of mouth. Well, that personal invitation really seems to be the way to to get people to attend events or join programs. So that's that's perfect. Um, what is your your website? Where can a beginning farmer go to to sign up and see what programs you offer? It's www.vfnc.org. So as Veterans Farm of North Carolina, vfnc.org vfnc.org okay very good and do you guys have um like social media facebook or instagram yep well you can find us at, at uh on facebook at vet farm of nc vet farm of nc okay and then you can sign up for trainings or learn more about the programs that um that your group offers yep. well i want to say thank you robert for joining us today i really enjoyed our conversation and i'm excited to see your organization um, and the work that you're doing continue to just build and grow thank you it's great to be here thank you for listening to the farm answers podcast this episode was hosted by betty burning produced by curtis monken and jeff reisdorfer listen and subscribe to the farm answers podcast on apple podcasts spotify and all other major streaming platforms. Tell your smart device to play the Farm Answers podcast. To learn more about this USDA NIFA BFRDP project and other projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota.